Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. call today begins, I think, maybe between 7, 10, who knows, maybe even upwards of uh, 15 interviews at Hot Docs. And uh, today was my first call with uh, two filmmakers from Norway. So we did have a a few technical issues, but I think we uh, managed our way through them. Recruiting for Jihad is the name of the film. Starting uh, first screening is Sunday, April 30th at 7.15. And this is a film you really do need to see. It's a a challenging film. It's it's an education uh, for sure on so many levels. But it's also ultimately I think really profoundly hopeful and and uh, Ulrich Rolfsson and Adele Farouk we, we we talk about ISIS and we talk about um, uh, what it means to to I guess be radicalized in a sense we talk about hope and we talk about community and we talk about being accepted and included and what are the what are the implications for uh, for for um, you know this kind of thing and this kind of uh, this kind of an approach, this kind of an outlook, this kind of way of seeing the world ideologically and philosophically, and we talk about how these issues are really not about religion and about they're they're about so much more. Uh, so please do stay tuned uh, for for this interview coming up, and don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my own podcasting, for my writing. Uh, lots of interviews coming up uh, from Hot Docs, and if you want to support the work that I'm doing uh, and get behind it, uh, you can do that through Patreon.com. And don't forget Rabble.ca as well for more uh, interviews coming right up. Uh, Ulrich and Adele and talking about recruiting for Jihad. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by uh, our first uh, Hot Docs interviews this year for 2017, and I'm very excited about it. We're here to talk today uh, about a film called Recruiting for Jihad uh, with Erolk Erolsen and Adele Farouk. Thank you so much, both of you joining us from Norway today. Thank you so much for your time uh, today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for, yeah. 
So, so how about each of you introduce yourselves so so not only myself but our listeners can tell who's who is who on the on the other end of the phone. Okay, um, I'll start. My name is uh, Ulrik Imtiaz Rolsen. I I am a Norwegian filmmaker. Um, I have done primarily fictional work before, and this is my second documentary. And I've uh, directed and produced it, uh, and with uh, Adele, who is the other director who's been working with me. And Adele, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi. Uh, my name is Adel Khan Farouk. Um, I'm 25 years old. I'm from Norway uh, as well. Um, I have a Pakistani background. My parents are from Pakistan, but I'm born and raised here in Oslo. Uh, this is basically my first film as a director. I've been working with Ulrich uh, on the previous documentary that he made as a researcher and a photographer. And my background is um, like I'm a journalist and uh, an author. So that's where I come in. And this is yeah, my first movie. So thank, thanks for thanks for that, guys, and thanks again for for joining us today. And I'm, as I said, uh, congratulations on the film. I mean, what a what a a challenging, uh, hopeful, and yet profoundly disturbing film <laughs> on 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 a variety of levels. Uh, tell tell me tell me something. Why at at what point in the in the making of this film did you maybe say to yourself, or maybe you didn't, um, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> uh, at several points. <laughs> I I, um... I bet, and I, I would imagine maybe you'd you'd thought about maybe doing a documentary on say football or or maybe Norway's uh, hockey team or something like that. Might have been a little more uh, up your alley. <laughs> well, um, actually, the the, the... The shooting started when Adele came to me and said, I've gained access to this Islamist. That is, at this point in 2014, he was quite infamous and, um, and, and or he's been made a lot of shocking uh, interviews uh, with newspapers, but nobody really knew who he was. And he's, Adele came to me and said, I have access to him. Uh, should we make a film? And I said, sure, let's do it. Here's the camera. And But my first really shock uh, came a year after that in 2015 when Adele had filmed for a year and then all of a sudden Charlie Hebdo happened mm. in Paris. And I realized that the, the guy we were filming were praising these terrorists and their actions and their actions were actually... Uh, guided towards the likes of us journalists, and, and that woke me up and said, "What are we actually doing here? You know, what are we filming? Who are we filming?" So before before the filming even started, you the two of you together didn't sort of have sort of bigger conversations about what all this means. You just thought, "Wow, we've got access. We've got the potential for a great story here. Let's." go and see what we find is that so so really yeah, invest, investigative in a sense yeah basically that was the thing because the thing was that you know me and ubaidullah the main uh, protagonist in the in the movie like we have basically uh, like a similar background like he has parents from pakistan i'm parents from pakistan we both love football Manchester united and both are born here you know and you know for me it was very I wanted to find out, like in the beginning, I wanted to find out why we, like, he's five years older than me, but, but the thing is that I still wanted to find out why 
he went that way and why did I go my way and you know find that change like w when did it occur in his life um, but the thing is that we didn't actually uh, the movie you know I was just Ulrich uh, just uh, you know gave me a camera and kicked me in the butt and you know just said go go film <laughs> but the thing is like in the beginning I wasn't sure what I was filming and uh, I was just you know I found this guy very interesting you know mm -hmm. and I thought you know what the hell I should make something on this guy and you know after a year after Charlie Hebdo things got pretty serious and that's like when you're like just like you just said it was we just asked ourselves what the fuck are you you know sorry my language but uh, but, but what have you what have you got yourself into and, and then uh, the attacks in um, in Copenhagen as well uh, and you know it, it just became a long line of you know different uh, incidents and that just you know occurred at the same time during filming and then ISIS was created and you know we just thought you know let's just tag along and just let's just see what it takes. Adele, you know, you 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 just said something that really struck me in the film. You talked about you know similar schools and from Pakistan, your your upbringings to Norway. Uh, there's there's a sense of I think uh, humanity or normalcy or or um, you know almost you guys almost level the playing field in a way with respect to folks who are involved in this kind of what we would call anyway I think radical kind of. Uh, uh, movements and, and understandings of the world and of religion and so on. How you must have been asking that question throughout. How how come this guy and not me? Yeah, the thing is that you know, I, like I said, I've been asking this question a lot of times. And you know, the thing is that you know, uh, a lot of my friends uh, after watching the movie have also asked me like you basically had the same background and what made you go that way and what did you know what absolutely made you go yeah. that way and yeah. but i i we, we I, like i we don't have any solutions right? like we haven't find the answers uh, for that but the thing is that i think that uh, and what other things too uh like we think that this environment or these guys have find, found more love and been more accepted in this group than in society like i think that's the thing like they've been feeling that they're not been part of society for so long and they're finally, you know, friends that, you know, actually just, you know, means everything to them. And I feel like I've been, you know, been supportive all my life. I had, you know, a good childhood, good friends, um, great parents. And I, I don't think that, I think Wadula has had the same thing in his childhood too because, you know, during my research, I found that we had basically parents, our parents are basically from the same place in Pakistan too. Okay. And, you know, he's very integrated. But the thing is that I just, it just it just struck me that I really don't know where it went you know uh, where it all went to hell for him so yeah <laughs> it's... well you gotta you gotta um remember um that at the time when we started to film him, there was no ISIS. right and all these Charlie Hebdo and the the the, the those attacks hadn't happened. And at the time we started to film him, uh, there had definitely been terrorist actions happening, but they didn't feel as imminent and close right. because it didn't really happen right then. And it was a, the, the, the sentiment of the world was very much against Assad in Syria. You know, Assad was hated a lot. You sure. know, everyone said, you know, we we must stop this guy, and so we're filming this guy, and we're learning that he supports 
ISIS. And nobody really knew what ISIS was at that point. Right. It was it was brand new. Uh, we learn more and more, but but the hideousness of ISIS has sort of come to light after that. And um, so while we are filming, the tension is growing and the heat is building in the world, I'd say. Yes. And, and also the terror, anti-terror laws in Norway are created while we are filming. Right. So things that he's doing in the beginning is not illegal, but during the, film, the course of the filming, it becomes illegal. So we're not, I mean, we're kind of growing and, and experiencing the growing pains of the filmmaking while we're filming this guy. And we didn't realize that he had become so interesting and that things will take the turns it took. Well, it's it's so interesting. No it's so interesting. Like uh, it seems to me that so many documentary filmmakers kind of get in. They have an idea. They have a story. They have a, a sense of where things are heading. But then, you know, it isn't isn't this part of the the craziness and the complexity of of being human? Right. Our stories change as we go along. And like you say, I I actually interviewed Emmanuel and Daniel Leconte, uh, the directors of Je Suis Charlie. I don't know if you saw that film, but. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the Toronto International Film Festival back in 2015, and so yeah, very much a part of of what was going on historically and so on. So yeah, it, it, it was really. So you guys, it's uh, you know, as documentarian film, uh, as documentarians, you know, as 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 storytellers, you're in the middle of this, you know, history in the making, and isn't that isn't that kind of what's so I don't know, tragically complex and tragically beautiful about being human, right? The story changes as you go along, and and I and I was uh, fortunate enough to interview at, uh, Emmanuel and Daniel Leconte at uh, Toronto National Film Festival about their film Je Suis Charlie, and 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 saw you know sort of almost in a sense firsthand from a filmmaking perspective, you know the effect of that and the impact on them personally as well. Uh, how how did how was hmm. As you guys saw laws changing, as you guys were watching the news and reports of these things were coming in, how was it affecting you, uh, as you know, as filmmakers, as journalists? You know, the thing is that you know we're people like we have uh, the same uh, you know color uh, on our blood, and the thing is that of course when you, you know see atrocities committed to people in uh, Syria and Iraq, you you know uh, you get shocked. And the thing is that when you actually are filming a guy who actually in many terms, supports these things right. because it feels like, uh, you know, it's, you know, I have a Muslim background. Or, you know, I'm not so practical about that faith, but I still, uh, you know, I have a Muslim background. So, but for me, it was shocking, you know, to think that this guy actually uh, supports, attracts, uh, you know, uh, crime committed against humans and, uh, you know, for and still filming him was, you know, sometimes I just wanted to give up. It was, right. it, it became too much at moments, but uh, at times, but I felt like, I still had to, and I still had to film why he, you know, I, I was still trying to figure out why he became this way, but in the end, it was just, it was just a film of how he started, you know, it, you know, um, uh, operated, and I said, I think that became more and more interesting of, uh, you know, how he talks to people, and how he, you know, uh, welcomes them into Islam, and stuff like that, and I said, I felt like, you know, that's more important, and, you know, yeah, maybe I do, don't like what he says, and you don't, don't, support with his actions and his fun. but hey i still have to make this movie because i want to sh you know uh show people or the audience with Ulrich, you know and show them 
our window into this, uh, sure. uh, you know, this group of fanatics and show them, you know, try show them as humans, but also show them as, you know, uh, what they really like, what they really are. Like. Well, as 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 he even says, as Udale says, he says that he wants he wants to show how Muslims are from the inside. I think was the direct quote, and and in a sense, yeah. you guys as filmmakers are trying to bring uh, that same perspective, but from uh, through a different lens. Yes, and that that is always hard when you make a film uh, about people who are so much. Hated, and and um, you know, will our lenses and our microphones actually help them? And why did he want us to make a film about him? Right. That was a that was a big question for us because we we didn't want to be a part of his operation. Right. But we still saw that you know that his thoughts and his. Uh, words are still out there. You know, you know, any kid who wants to listen to his words, they can just go on YouTube and it's there. I mean, it's hours of his words are and preaching and everything is there. So we couldn't stop his words. What we could was to give his words some context. Sure. Yes, it's good to, to see where he comes from, where he comes from, and and how he operates. And I'd say that the film is not so much about him because, he, I mean, he's sort of static in the sense of, he, you know, his belief doesn't really change throughout the film. But he goes from a talker to a doer. Right. He goes from someone who actually contributes. And also we see his actions uh, and how they affect others and how he prey on, he preys on, on weak souls, on, on, on people who um, who need help, obviously. And he gives them support and he gives them a purpose of being. And that's what they're, they're searching for. But the purpose of being he, he offers is... Um, so, so, so you know, I don't... You, you know, you mentioned that you, 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 you have a, a Muslim background of a sort. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to know from both of you, how much of this do you think really, you know, having spent several years now on the inside, I would imagine researching and so on and having an awful lot of internal kind of, I would imagine internal conflict and internal conversations. How much do you think this is really about religion? This is really about. It's not about, I don't, the thing is that I don't think it's about religion. I, I never thought, it. you know, you know, the thing is that you find uh, radicalization in different forms. You can find it, you know, there are right-wing extremists who are radicalized and there are Islamists who are radicalized. I think it's not about religion. It's uh, about you know not feeling like feeling like you're a part of society, feeling feeling like you're alone, feeling right. you know, feeling uh, that you're not accepted. And I think that's more to it. It's not about religion. It never has been. Yeah, there are maybe some you know phrases in the Quran that uh, legitimates uh, war, but there are also some you know. But if you the thing is that it's there, those phrases are a part of a bigger context, and if you think, sure. you know, if you only read those phrases alone, you would probably think that Islam is a, you know, probably a dangerous religion. Or even if you read some phrases from the Bible, you you know, you you, you can still think that you know the Bible is a you know dangerous religion if you don't know about you know the Christianity. But the thing is, it's not about religion; it's about being 
a boy or a girl and not feeling stuck in the world and not you know trying to find your place in the world and trying to find out who you are and in the middle of this you know you you like Luke said you probably are a vulnerable soul and you know you want you raise questions and you ask questions but nobody gives those answers and then you find answers uh, uh, you know from uh, with, from people who you know gives you the love and support that you have never found in your life before I think it's, it's my I, opinion. I think it's remarkable that you take such a huge global potential catastrophe, frankly, with respect to, you know, terrorism and, and relationships and the breakdown of political boundaries and all kinds of things. And you reduce it to acceptance and love and community. I mean, honestly, guys, I think that's <laughs> utterly brilliant that that, hey, you know, the solution is is not that complicated after all. You know, we just we just well, really need to build. We need to, in a sense, and 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 I don't want to oversimplify this because it's not simple at all. But this sense of building community and and what does that mean for you and I? What does it mean for teachers and parents and and friends and and and, and religious leaders and politicians? Right, as we try to make sense of this this uh, crazy world we live in. Yeah, well, it's it's um, as you say. Simple, but it's also complicated in the sense that, you know, would would these people want to be included? And how would they want to be included right. in society? In, in what way? Um, I've spent a couple of years in the States, and the difference to Europe is that um, you have freedom of religion in much a, a much stronger sense in the States, and and religion is much more viewed upon as a, uh, and I'm assuming it's the same in Canada, but uh, it, it's, yes. uh, it's, it's more viewed upon as a personal um, right to believe, have a belief, and you shouldn't, as a society, or the, the, the government or society shouldn't interfere. Right. And so, so a respect for religious thought is more, much more... Um, accepted in in the states whereas in in europe it's it's much more you have to be our way or you're not included if you don't act exactly like parisians you won't be a parisian or you won't be french or you won't be english or you won't be norwegian or swedish i mean the the the, the segregation between the cultures are much more evident even though People are allowed to live out their culture in more significant ways in the in, in America or in the states sure. or in Canada. Where where um, where do you, where do you think that that sense of division comes from? I mean, I think that's why I asked you that question about you know is this a, a religious problem? I wonder, you know, having studied philosophy for so many years, I, I I often think that these questions are about knowledge and about what we know and how we know. And here's Abdal in the in the film saying things like, um, you know, we're, we want to get back to Islam in its most purest and complete form, but but it's going to be according to our interpretation of it, right? And so there's a yeah. real there's a real contradiction there. So you know, I just wonder if I mean, I'm sure that certainly feel feeds into that division that you're talking about. But I, you know, I really, I, I it, it it is kind of mind boggling, you know, to wonder. Where does that come from? Is it something we get at school? Is it something we get at church? Is it something we get at community, uh, you know, events and so on from our friends, you know, us and them? I, I think it's, I think it's um, everything. I mean, everybody right. gets yeah. that division. It's good. So, it, so it's sort of, it, it builds up. It's sure. Not, 
entirely the parents' fault or entirely the school's fault or the society's fault at large. It's it's complicated, but it's also but it's it's it starts with a with a sense of not being one of the majority. Right. And when when you when you don't feel as a part of the majority, you uh, you take shelter in feeling a part of the minority, and you find strength in being a minority. Sure. And at, at that point, the division has, has started, and you say it's not only the majority who look upon you as a different person, but you as a minority also find comfort in being different, and you kind of try to overemphasize being different. Because that gives you a sense of being included in, in a smaller but still significant community of minority, and and um, it's it's like you know it's like Ubadula, he our character in the film he he seems to be so well integrated but he still right hasn't hasn't felt the success. So it, it feels to me that he wants to be successful, as we all do. But having failed maybe academically, having failed at being an athlete, he was a football player and then he became a referee. Uh, having failed at these, at these things, it might be, sorry, it might be that he found some, you know, he found the purpose of being uh, successful. Or he found he found himself to be successful in the um, amongst the Islamists. Amongst, at, at one, at one, at, yeah. At one, at one point in the film, you you mentioned that he he really seems to enjoy the spotlight, and and you talk about, um, uh, well, you sort of give us the impression that he's he's getting a real kick out of the questions and the interviews and and even the fact that he allows you this kind of access really does raise some pretty interesting questions yeah well definitely definitely it, it, it you know why is he making why he doesn't let us make this film this is just because he he wants the pr right because he loves it so much what do you think about that Adele? The thing is, uh, you know, in the beginning, you know, everybody has, you know, even after making this film, like we knew about it from the start that there were some rumors that Ubadullah was like super, uh, you know, PR horny. Like he would, he loved to be in the spotlight. Did, did you just uh, use the uh, phrase? Uh, did you just use the phrase PR horny? Yeah, I think yeah, that that's be, actually that's be, actually be, a, a, an expression in Norwegian. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a good one. I don't. I yeah. actually don't think I've heard that before. And if I have, it's just oh, okay. But, but, that's good. Uh, I might have to borrow that, guys. I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, feel free. Yeah, feel sure, free. sure. Go ahead. <laughs> the thing is that you know, in the beginning, like you, you would, like when I uh, the reason why uh, I approached him, one of the reasons was also because he was so much in the media. Like, right, he would. Like basically everything he said about you know radical Islam or his thoughts about the Amer you know uh, America going to war uh, in the Middle East, like he always made the headlines, you know. And I thought you know it, like he loves to be uh, in the spot spotlight. And we are we even have some clips that we haven't even included in the movie where he said you know that uh, where are the cameras? We have to make this movie because you know I want to show myself. Like so in the beginning, like he is sometimes verified the portrait or the rumors that I already knew about him, that he loved to be in the spotlight. And even after 
you know, during the, the movie too, like when we were uh, during the movie when, we were, when I was filming, he was like asking and telling me like, this movie has to get big, this movie has to get big. He was, you know, kept saying this, kept saying that. So, you know, he, in a way, he got what he wanted. Like the movie has gotten really big. Uh, it's, it's a huge success uh, in Norway. Uh, and the thing is that he, even though he, you know, he, he sentenced to nine years in jail and that's, you know, many, that's a lot of time. And, I don't know if he, I can't really say anything about that, but I think that, you know, during those years, he's probably going to think and think if, that, if that's what a good, if it really was a good idea to, you know, uh, be in a spotlight like that. And I was still, even when he invited me to film uh, the last trip to, you know, uh, Gothenburg with uh, with 18 year old Peter, that right. was, you know, also uh, stopped uh, in, in um, uh, from, uh, you know, joining. Um, uh, ISIS. The thing is, also then I was, you know, I was in shock when he invited me, or not invited, but when I was actually found out what he was, what his plans really were, because I didn't know anything about it. I would just, you know, he just called me and, you know, uh, you just have to bring a, a camera and that's it, and I will tell you what you got to film when you come. And the thing is that when I when I started filming, I was in shock, but I also thought, you know, this is probably maybe the reason why he wanted want me to, you know, film this is because. He will, you know, get the PR. He will, you know. Well, you know what? And the thought I just had, Adele, as you were you were talking here, was was may, maybe ironically, in some crazy way, you were providing some of that warmth and love and community, in a sense, and you were you were providing access to him. You were you were becoming a friend. Does that does that is that a fair comment? Yeah, that is a fair comment. You know, I, I have. You know the thing is that when I was little by the line, these guys, I went to England, I went to I went to Denmark, and I was, you know, met with a lot of love. These guys had a lot of love for each other, and even for me, I think uh, being a Muslim was, I think it was more easier for him to, you know, not develop feelings for me, but you know, accept me. Right. Uh, but the thing is that when I was with them, I didn't feel like I was, you know, they included me in talks, they included me in their during meals, and we talked. We had a good time in a crazy way, you know. That's, yeah, that's, sure. I never felt I never felt threatened. I never well, felt. There's a beautiful there's a beautiful moment in the film where you're both walking down the street. I think it's the two of you. I can't really tell because I don't know who's behind the camera. And he looks over and he says, "Hey, should we should we go and get a coffee over here?" And I just yeah, I just yeah. it speaks to the testament of that relational. It seems to me anyway that relational component. That, no, no, that's a, yeah, yeah, you're right. The thing is that you know, but love, you still have a I, like I haven't talked to him for a year now. But the thing is that I, I have, you know, he uh, there there were some moments where we you know just talked about football and just talked about Manchester United, and <laughs> Premier League, and you know, you know, common stuff like yeah, I sure. with my lads, you know, my friends, and it was just it was just strange to just actually feel like. This is actually just a human guy, you know. This is just a human with, you know, feelings and stuff. Yeah, he, 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 he you know, burns for, you know, bleeds for different agendas. He has different agendas in life. But basically, he still have this, you know, same needs, the same need for love and the same, you know, need for being accepted. So I feel like he, he, he's a human. It's very easy to demonize him. But the thing is that he, I felt like, yeah, we became actually not friends, but we, I, I, I could tone with him, you know. Sure, sure, sure. So sadly, we are going to have to wrap up the call here in a couple of minutes. And uh, again, guys, I wanted to say thanks for your time and 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 for um, for the film and congratulations. I wish you well at uh, at Hot Docs. I think the first uh, showing is going to be on April thirtieth. We're going to do our best to get the interview out really soon. What are what are can can you kind of and and I kind of hate doing this, but can you kind of 
what did you guys learn? What did you take away from this? I mean, obviously, that's a very big question. It's but, a, it has know, a big question. It's a I, huge question, but, my, you know, the warmth, the love, the community, you know, we've talked a yeah, lot about that. It, it is. The, 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 shocking, the most shocking part for me was that these guys don't speak hatred all the time. Right. You know, it's, it's, the relationship is based on love. The relationship is based on brotherhood and warmth. And I was shocked by that. And I learned a lot from, you know, it's not fear that brings them together. It's actually love. And I think that, uh, Adele said it too, but it, I think it's part of the fact that these guys might have not encountered encountered this much love elsewhere. And, and it, it, it bonds them together. And I think that's also why it's hard to break it up because it's, it's bonded and it's glued together by sure. care and love. It's good. Thank you. Thank you both for your time today. Thank you for a challenging and, and ultimately, in my opinion, a, a very hopeful film and, and a beautiful film and, and one that I think everyone really needs to see. This is something that affects us all. And uh, are you guys coming to Toronto? Yes, we are. Excellent. Well, perhaps we'll get to actually meet face-to-face and shake a hand or two. Again, congratulations. Talking to uh, the filmmakers today for recruiting for Jihad, uh, playing at Hot Docs starting Sunday, April 30th at 7.15. Thanks for your time today, guys. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.